0: Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at MyGatewayFellowship.com. We've been talking about joy and uh, about choosing joy. Um, Tonight's subject we're talking about is joy from the heart. And it's so funny because when we talk about joy in the heart, we're talking about something that's more uh, real and deep and intrinsic inside of who we are. It's not something that just passes along with every, you know, fading glance. But this is something that's real and that stirs in us and has some depth and has some roots. Joy that stands in the heart is not easily shaken by everything externally going on around us. Joy in the heart is something that is is, is permanent and strong. We're talking about choosing joy. Uh, But the first, before we do anything, we was just thinking about that word, choose. That's such a huge, huge word, right? Because every single day, your life is filled with choices. Choices. I mean, every single day. From the moment you wake up, and somebody's with me on this. When you wake up in the morning, you, you look at your clock, or you look, if you're like me, you look at your phone first thing right away, and you check the time, and you say, could I sleep a few more minutes? Is somebody with me on that? All right, tell the truth. Could I, how, much, how much longer could I sleep before I'd actually be late for work? You know what I mean? How much time can I, how, I know, or if I know, if I'd sleep 10 extra minutes, man, I'm going to be late. But I choose sleep. You know, so, you know, like, you, you have all these kind of choices, and then you get up. You know, you finally decide, make a choice that I'm gonna start this day, and you start to, to move around, and you start getting your, yourself prepared for the day, and you have the next big choice. What am I gonna wear? You know? And, uh, if you're like my wife, that choice can take a long time. You know what I mean? And, and, and if, and if, and if you're like me, then you have to then choose what are you gonna do while well, your beautiful wife takes all the time that she wants and she deserves, what am I going to do? I have to wait. You know what I mean? What do you say? That's, that's it. Say some prayers because she's going to kill me after this. But, you know, it's choice. Choice every day. You get on the road. You're driving. Someone cuts you off. You have the choice to say that's not too much of a big deal or to be like rah and ruin your morning drive and just be so angry about something that's really irrelevant, right? Someone talks to you the wrong way at work or says something that you dislike, you have a choice to turn the other cheek or to respond the way that Christ would respond that might be sometimes listen, sometimes it might be nothing and just silence and just go the other way. Or sometimes it might be, hey, it's okay, man. Calm down, you know? Or you could be like, what you talking to me? Blah 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 and get all mad. We have choices every single day. That affect everything. And so when we talk about choosing joy, I'm not talking about a, so much like a self-help medicated kind of thing. Of you know what, today I choose to be happy. That's great. But I'm talking about the joy that comes from Christ that I, guess, that I said has deep roots in us. There's this uh, quote that uh, uh, Ms. Warren, Pastor Warren's wife uh, said, her definition of joy Because I think sometimes the way we get confused with having uh, joy in our hearts is that sometimes our definition of it is a little bit distorted. Sometimes we think that if we're choosing joy in our hearts, it's got to be this happy-go-lucky all the time. You can't be sad at all. But that's just not life, right? In life... And even Jesus says this. He actually promises, guarantees you in this world, you will have trouble. Doesn't matter what anybody tries to say. Jesus Christ said in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to have problems. It's just it's just period. But he also says, but be of good courage. I've overcome the world. So you got here, you got a problem, a a guarantee that you're going to have problems. But you also have a guarantee that it's already solved. So when we talk about joy, we're talking about something that's deep within us. And she says this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And it's the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Bible talks about the joy of salvation. This blessed assurance of understanding that when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'm going to be all right. One of my favorite pastors always says this somehow in like all of his books and all of his teaching. He says, don't worry, we're going to be okay. And sometimes I just find so much assurance from that. We're going to be okay. Isn't that awesome? When you're worried, when you're stressed out, when you're scared, we're going to be okay. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Give them a high five, too. Don't be scared of them. If you don't say this, you're not going to be okay. It's like... He talks about this joy of salvation and that we're, you know, we're going to be all right. And Paul is the champion of this. He's going around and he's preaching the good news of the gospel to all people. And he starts to preach uh, to the Galatians and uh, in, in Galatians chapter four, he starts to talk about um, he starts to talk about some different things that were going on in their lives at the time. And he goes into this huge theological uh, exegesis that we're not going to get into But instead, I want to talk to you about one thing that he says. He goes to uh, Galatia. He's working there. He's teaching them about the good news. Before then, they didn't really know about Jesus Christ. They had all these rules. They had all these different things. And some had pagan ways. Some had these, you know, just hardcore, law-abiding, you know, conservative uh, roots that were just keeping them so hard from learning about this new truth in Jesus Christ. And Paul goes and teaches them about the love and the freedom of Jesus. and uh, And they're excited about it. And actually, while he's there, he gets really, really sick. And these people start to take care of him. And they're giving him like everything that he needs. Paul says that when he, when he talks to them, he says, you know, I, you guys would have given anything for me. You guys took me in, and you were excited about the love of God, and you were excited about what we were talking about. You just would have given anything. He says, some of you would have even given me your own eyes if you could. So there was a good, good relationship there. And I think that's really important to understand about this, is that when Paul is talking to these people, he's talking to friends. He's talking to people that he loves and people that he trusts. And so before jumping into this whole big, you know, theological, deep concept that we're going to pass on today, he asked this question, and this question has always really kind of rocked my world. It, it, it just moves me so much. Before he jumps into it, he says, I have a question for you. What has happened to your joy? What has happened to your joy? What a deep question that is. What's happened to your joy? What, what, what happened to you? At one point, you were so happy. You were so on fire. You were so excited. What happened to you? Think about it for a moment. Imagine you're the only person in this room. You're sitting here in this, in this center aisle. It's just you. And Jesus asked, what happened to your joy? What happened to you? You used to smile all the time. You used to laugh all the time. What happened to you? Man, if we're honest, if we could read every response that's going on in people's mind, I'm sure there's a lot of things that happened to you, Joy. And it may date back to some early childhood things. It may date back to something just last week where, you know what, I was so good, but then that thing happened. When, I had to, when, when, that, when that person crossed me, when that person betrayed me, when that person did this. Maybe it was when you were a little kid and everything was great and then something happened in your family and you just lost it. And, you know, ever since then, I, I've just lost that joy. But you can say, Pastor, I used to be happy. I used to be excited about life. I used to have dreams. I used to have hopes. I used to have goals and ambition. And then Paul, hear these words, Paul, what what happened to you? What happened? And more importantly, how can we get that back? You see, guys, this question is so deep, not because of just the question side of it, but because of the answer that's implied into it. It's saying that there still is a joy that exists. There still is a joy that's there. Maybe you've lost it. Maybe you've lost sight of it. Maybe you've let go of it. Maybe you've ran away from it. Maybe you feel like it has been stolen from you. But I'm here to tell you tonight that it's still available and it's still real that joy that you first had. Man, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was so excited about God. I used to read the Bible and just start crying. I didn't know anything about this stuff. Oh, glory. You know, it's become so, it was so fresh and new and exciting. But like anything, sometimes stuff can get stale and old. And some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You've gone to church all your life and you hear the preacher preach about Noah and you hear, you know, all these same verses all the time and just little different variations. And it feels like it's gotten stale and, and, and then you've dealt with church politics and then you've dealt with family you know you just kind of lost it but it's still there and Jesus says that I've come to give you life and life abundant in abundance i don't know if you've ever heard uh, or ever felt that in your life when you feel down or you feel broken that you feel like someday, you know, things are really going to get started. Once I get past this thing and I get to this point, then, then things are going to start moving and I'm going to, I'm going to be all right and then I'm going to start going. You ever felt like that before? And you just feel like, you know what? Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. I remember when we used to go to uh, Mexico for our, for our mission trips. It'd be awesome because in the middle of the day, uh, people would just disappear. Like, where'd everybody go? And they they're just sleeping and they would say, manana, manana. For, like, just, you know, don't worry about it right now. Don't worry about it. And we have that attitude sometimes. Just tomorrow, I'll worry about it tomorrow. And then in the in the meantime, you realize that you are missing out on a whole lot of time. And you've been living a life that's not filled with joy. That's not abundant in Christ. But instead, it's been kind of down. And you've gotten used to it somehow. And you and you you have this expectation that somewhere down the line, everything's just going to, you know, that's going to happen and things are going to really get started. But in the meantime, you're just missing out. And if I could be so bold, I would say that some of us have made an honest choice to say, I don't want joy in my life. I'm comfortable in this bitterness. I'm comfortable in this anger. I'm comfortable in this judgmental attitude that oh, I know everything about God and you don't, you know, I'm, com- I'm comfortable in this. It's secure. It's safe. But sometimes you realize that that is actually holding you back. And sometimes it's not a deep, uh, a, a big, huge, deep process that needs to take place. It's just a simple open up the eyes of my heart, Lord, and let me understand that I'm losing time. And when I choose to live a life that is not filled with joy, and when I choose to have a heart that is not based in joy, then I am choosing a life that is the complete opposite of it. My friend always used to say, you know, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to a whole lot of other stuff and vice versa. When I say no to this, I'm saying yes to this. So I ask you, where's your heart at? What kind of choices have you been making lately? What has been dominating your mind? Has the fear, has the, has the pain, has the, has the bitterness, has that been taking control Have you you ever felt like you're just missing out on life? What's been controlling you? I'm here to say tonight that if you feel that you've just lost it, joy is still available to you. Jesus Christ has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's paid it all on the cross. His love is here. It's available for you. No matter of what your situation looks like, you can still have a joyful heart. I have the best example of this. Yesterday was my mom's anniversary. I woke up sad. Sammy woke me up, you know, prayed. She went to work. I took the day off, and I was just like, I'm just going to sleep in. And, of course, couldn't sleep. Woke up, go downstairs to let out my crazy dogs. They are crazy. They will get you and love you to death. And um, I let them out every morning, and I go downstairs to, you know, see, see the boys, Mumford and Carter, to rescue dogs. I go downstairs, walk down the steps, and in my basement, you guys know it was raining a lot that night, so you, some of you might know where this is going. Water, water everywhere, you know, and mud all over the place. And I wake up, and I'm just like, man, this is great. Perfect thing to wake up to. <laughs> But I was so kind of tired still that I had got this shop vac and started doing this thing. And I started thinking about what I was going to say tonight and said, you know what? I could be really angry about this <laughs> and as i up doing this thing. I could be really upset or I could start to choose joy and say, I'm going to just start to think about all the good things in my life instead of this annoying mud and throwing things away and water. But I was just doing it. What is good about this? You know what? I have a house. Good. I'm still alive. I can move this. I have a dad who let me borrow his shop vac that I'm never giving back to him. You know? All, all, there's all kinds of things. You know what? I, can, I have two dogs that love me and I have, you know, I have, I have family. I have a beautiful wife. I have a church community. I have, I have, I have, I have so much. And doing this while cleaning, has that ever happened to any of you guys? Your basement? Isn't it annoying? I mean, it is one of the most annoying things in the world. I mean, and it was all my fault. I should have, I didn't clear out the drain. It was all Pete's fault. And um, so I just did that, you know. And in the midst of that, it's nothing to say about me because I, I, I'd be a liar if I told you that I do that all the time in everything in my life. I'm just always, I'm going to think of all the. I don't do that. But when I don't do that, I feel like I'm missing out. I'm cheating myself of life. And maybe you felt that way too. So I cleaned up that basement. We got it all done. And uh, and life goes on, right? That night, I went to my niece's dance recital. Um, she's seven years old. She is filled with energy. She is such an individual. She, oh man, she makes me laugh. Um, so she's in this dance group, and this is actually a dance academy. So, all these people were dancing, like little kids up to adults. And, um, they had all styles of dance. And, like, at the beginning, it was all, like, ballerina stuff and real cute little kids just dancing around. And then when it got to my niece's class, she, she was in the hip hop class. So she came out, it was like, like a, like a, like a urban hip hop thing. And they, they came out dancing to Jackson Five. And then it, like, transitioned to all the, you know, these cool beats. And she was, yeah, it was, it was so cute. It was awesome. And I was so proud of her. She was dancing, and these kids were just having a blast. Um, but then there was this, this group of kids who came out. I'm going to close with this. These group of kids that came out, and, and I mean, these kids are so, so cute. They're dressed up in, like, those funky little outfits that, you know, they're probably going to hate later on that the parents put them in that stuff. It's like these little ballerina dresses and stuff, and they're all in unison. And they have, like, guides on the side this kind of stuff, and some of you know what I'm talking about. I've never been to anything like that, and I was just, I felt bad. I was, like, laughing at kids at, at parts. It's real, you know, Christ-like of me. You messed up. You know. <laughs> Not to their face, obviously, behind their back, like a, good, like a good person does. So I'm just joking. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Let me come back. So anyway, these kids are doing this thing, it's just so sweet. I mean, you know, it, doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter if they make a mistake because it's just so cute and awesome. So this, this group comes up there, and, um, and they, start to, uh, they start to, you know, to, they get lined up. And uh, it's, you know, they have the stage, and you can see little feats going underneath the, the curtain. And uh, then they're all in place, and the curtain pulls out, and uh, the lights slowly come in, you know. It's like Jitesh was back there just making it pretty and nice. And these kids start, and they're playing this cute little song slash really annoying song you know about dancing and something and these kids are like some of them are just ready to go and they're just smiling and you can tell they've been taught make sure you smile because they're ah, you know they're doing stuff like that and there's this one kid i mean it was just so painfully obvious in the front row because the rest of the kids behind her you know, doing all this stuff and she just as soon as the lights go on she looks around she looks at all the people she just starts crying and, uh, and she like turns around and looks at people. She's like crying in their faces, like almost like, why don't you start crying? with And the other, you know, doing like these little jigs and stuff and just these little funky dances. And she's like, uh, uh, just crying and crying and crying. And, dude, she did not move at all. She stayed there the whole time right in the front and cried and cried. And cried. The song was over. The lights fade down. All you see is just like, and it's dark. You know what I mean? She just cried away. The curtains closed, and that was it. And then, you could see the little feet move, and then more little kids come in, and the next song starts. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, man, what a good sermon illustration. Laughing at this little kid. Because what happened was, She missed out on the dance, man. And you know what happened after it was done? The show goes on. The next group got up there. And these kids that were next to her, they were making mistakes too. Trust me. So I don't know if maybe she felt like I'm going to make a mistake and people are going to laugh at me. Or I don't know what was going on in her little head. Bless her heart. But, But she missed out on it. She missed out on it what I don't want to happen to any of us here tonight is to miss out on the dance. You got one life. You have one little life. And I don't know how long it's going to be. It could be short. It could be long. But you got one dance. And you got to make it count. And that's why choosing joy is so important because the days are going. And you can be bitter. And you can be angry. And you'll be just like that little kid. (laughs) crying while these other people (laughs) make a mistake but loving it you know what i mean so i just i just i just want us to think for a moment have you been missing out on the dance because i'm gonna tell you like this not to be negative or pessimistic but that curtain's going to close and you don't want to be that kid that just missed out on so much because you lived without joy Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.